it's really worth it when Martin Scorsese comes out at oh, the end of yeah. the hockey game, though. Yeah, and tells you all about Leonardo DiCaprio. I saw Killers of the Flower Moon. You said it was the best movie you had ever seen. Really, really highly recommended. Uh, okay, we can get into our normal podcast bullshit, and you're not going to be able to engage with this because you don't care. But there was this period of time where a lot of like terminally online dummies were we're kind of shitting on Martin Scorsese. And this was also around the time he was making those inflammatory remarks about Marvel movies. Uh, but people were saying things like, do we need more movies about violent men or whatever? You know, these like baby brained, like intersectionality inclusivity takes that actually don't do any good for anybody. Uh, they just tear people down. Uh, but they were portraying him as he like he was this like artless old dude who made artless movies about old dudes. I'm like, Martin Scorsese's an art kid. His movies are like super arty and pretentious and silly. And I don't know what to tell you if you can't see that. Yeah, I'm just not a fan of Martin Scorsese movies. Yeah, well, no, what? not of the movies of him as a person. Why him as a person? Because he makes movies I don't like. Okay, so you have a problem with Martin Scorsese movies. Not a problem. It's not a problem to not like something. Yeah. Which ones have you seen and why didn't you like them? Let's get into it. Okay, I'll look up Martin Scorsese movies. Let's see. How many have I seen? I gotta go to IMDb. Uh, Uh Hold on. Hold on. And okay, hold on. Uh, not producer, right? I, I want the ones he directed, right? Yeah, the ones he directed, ideally. Right. So why would it start at fucking producer? What the <laughs> fuck is that about? Because right, that's what's most important. Uh, haven't seen that one. Haven't seen that one. Have not seen that one. Have not seen that one. Haven't seen that one. Haven't seen that one. Haven't seen that one. Have not seen that one. Didn't see that one. Saw Hugo. Didn't like it. Okay, Hugo's not good though. Okay. <laughs> Hugo's the one where I'm like, I don't know why Hugo exists. Oh, Saw Shutter Island? Didn't like it. Uh, Okay, you're picking the bad ones. The Departed is is really good, actually. The Departed is really good, even though it has the the dumbest uh, visual metaphor at the end of a movie ever. Uh, Aviator was alright. Didn't see this one, didn't see that 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 one, did not see that one, didn't see that one. I haven't seen that one. Didn't see that one. I didn't know he did Cape Fear. Didn't see that one. Didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> he did a he did a remake of Cape Fear. He's done a lot of Michael Jackson uh, music videos. Didn't see that one. Did not see that one. Did not see that one. Oh, another The King of Comedy. Didn't see that one. 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 Nope. 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 That's it. Okay, so you've seen three movies and yeah, I just I don't think he's got anything relevant to say. Yeah, as someone, <laughs> I like I like that your standpoint is as someone who is engaged with 
three pieces of this person's art that came out 20 years ago. I just don't think he's got anything relevant to say. I just, I just don't think he's current, you know? What? Uh, yeah. Hugo? Hugo? I love, I love the idea that someone who watched a movie someone made 30 years ago and they've remained prolific ever since. It's like, yeah, they're just not, they're just not relevant, you know? They're just not part it's, of the conversation. You know, what have they done lately is what I'm asking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Really? Irishman? <laughs> I, are, we, are we doing this? Mm. I did not. I genuinely did not like the Irishman. But I do like... Killers that, of the flower going, of the moon. I like that when you were going through it, <laughs> when you got to the one that's like the most Martin Scorsese movie, which is the most like in his wheelhouse is the departure, you're like, oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> the one that's the most like everything else he's ever made was pretty good. Uh, but Shutter Island, which was a beautiful movie with an obvious twist, and Hugo, I, uh, which I get it. It's a love letter to movies. Fuck off. I don't care. I honestly, I saw Shutter Island without realizing it was Martin Scorsese, but I will say it did not feel like a movie that was directed with anybody who cared about making movies. I have to be reminded frequently that Shutter Island was directed by Martin Scorsese. It was one of those, I was young, probably a teenager, uh... And I, I was, if I could call what was going to happen a movie, I automatically wrote it off. Uh huh. And the Shutter Island twist is like, oh, was he, wasn't any of it real? Yeah, and I was it is like, I it's just exceptionally obvious. It's exceptionally obvious, yeah. especially for the time that it was made. But it's a pretty movie. It is pretty. But, and the funniest thing about it is like, people to this day are like, but was it all fake? Was it all real? He doesn't answer, so you just have to guess. And I was just like, I don't fucking care. I don't care. It's like hey, the I end of care. Inception. It's like, oh, was he dreaming? Was he not? It's like, it, the story's over, guys. It's over. Yeah. That's the, I think it's kind of a, it's a nothing thing to end a movie on a question of like, was this the case or not? Which like the only movie that's ever done that correctly is Blade Runner. Because oh, yeah. like any was, anyone yeah. who cares about Blade Runner is like, yeah, the thing yeah. that hangs with you at the end of Blade Runner is, is he a replicant? The right. movie doesn't tell you because the movie is saying it doesn't matter. Right. No, it's bad to hunt them down regardless. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's unclear because by the end of the movie, you should be of the opinion it doesn't matter if someone's a replicant or not. <laughs> oh no, he did see Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> no, I he didn't. Did see? Uh, no, sorry, I don't see Leonardo DiCaprio movies. <laughs> why? It's my day. Oh, because I don't like any of his work. <laughs> uh, uh, so go ahead and pull up IMDb right no, now. No, I don't want to do this joke again.
Tonight, we've got all new stories about various things. Things that I don't even know yet. That's right. The world is on fire. I can't keep using that as the intro, but it is. So buckle up, bucko. And buck up, because it's bucking time for Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's My World's on Fire. How about yours, John? And together we're Henry and My World's on Fire. How about yours, John? Coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist in order to make the world a buckier place for buckies. The beaver, I guess. Anything, Henry. Like everyone who lives in Texas or the Midwest, Bucky's is a huge part of my personality. So anything I can do to make the world a more hospitable place for Bucky's, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll drive a car that takes gas for wait, they got charging stations at the Bucky's. I can switch yeah. to electric. What the fuck am I doing with my life? Sorry, Switch what the to fuck am I doing with my life? What the buck are you doing with your life? Henry, shut the buck up. Uh, no, I love Bucky's. I think about this a lot is like people have uh, kind of fanatical. What's the word I'm looking for? Fascinations with certain gas station brands, a gas station fascination, if you will. Oh, I will. And Bucky's has really cornered the market because you don't see people out there going all out for loves or come and go. Yeah, no, nobody is shelling out hard for Big Bucket. No one. You know, there are quick trip people, though. I will stand by QTs, um, quick trips, for those of you who don't know. They're a quickly spreading brand of gas stations. And if you ever need air for your tires, they give you air for free. They give you air for free. No quarters needed. It's the same thing. Like you push a button, you get air for like a minute or whatever, but absolutely free. Never pay for air in your tires again. Oh my God. Do they have the little sensors that go off when you give it enough air? No, unfortunately you got to, you got to do it manually with the little, the little tire gauge that hopefully you keep in your car. Yeah. I, uh, I bought mine from the dollar store and I used it once and exploded. So I've just been using Seven Eleven, which has the little gauges, but those things aren't right now. I remember specifically, I think that yes, there is a, and this is the most interesting conversation on earth. There is like a real fascination with bigger gas station brands, particularly things like Bucky's. But if I remember correctly, there's like a chain of gas stations throughout Louisiana that are good. And considering most gas stations in Louisiana are quite bad, I'm trying to remember what it is. <laughs> is it Racetrack by any chance? It's Racetrack. Yeah, yeah. Racetrack is one of the best. Uh, what, if you have an option of getting gas right here at this broken down shell or driving 20 miles to a racetrack, go to the racetrack. Racetracks. Always, always go to the racetrack. They're always clean. The gas is usually on the cheaper end. It's it's all kind of cheap because the petroleum plants are literally like down the street. Like they don't have to pay for shipping or anything. It's like literally, literally like right there. And um, I don't know. It, it, this is where I filled up my entire youthful drive. I do remember going to a stand-up showcase in New Orleans and a joke that killed was uh, someone said that he knew he had to marry his then-girlfriend 
because she smelled like racetrack fried chicken. And Amazing. apparently racetrack fried chicken smells good. I wouldn't know anything about that, unfortunately. Now, pre my vegetarian days, I ate a lot of gas station fried chicken. And in Mississippi <laughs> and Louisiana, gas station fried chicken is pretty good. Uh, there's a little place not near where I grew up, but, uh, you know, I don't know, 20 minute, 30 minute drive away. Uh, it's called Brothers. Uh-huh. And it's a gas station, and apparently Brothers Fried Chicken people kill for. Really? Yeah. I, I've i never uh, had it. Uh, have you ever had any gas station fried chicken? Uh, I've had Walmart fried chicken, which can't possibly be anywhere near what we're talking about. Like the little, like the little popcorn chicken bites? That, and like sometimes you could just like buy a whole fried chicken for like eight bucks, and I would eat on that for like two days yeah you know for a fact the uh, popcorn chicken at walmart is just like the knuckles of death row inmates or something like there's no way there's no way that stuff's actually food i just remember gas station fried chicken having tater logs just big wedges of deep fried potato that was great that's pretty good but you bring up a good point about the uh the, the gasination if you will the fascination of bigger gas stations and Bucky's does something that you don't really see much anywhere outside of theme parks and maybe circa 1990 restaurants. Uh-huh. And then it has a mascot. Yes, they they index hard into having all of Bucky the Bucky as yeah, a mascot. All of the merch has Matt has the the Bucky's stamp of approval on it that that big disembodied smiling beaver head and to the point where someone even will dress up as the 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 bucky mascot someone will put on an outfit of a beaver walk around and take pictures and uh i just have to say whoever made bucky's must have spent quite some time in japan oh because everything in japan has a mascot Oh, you're right. Every, like, prefecture, every town has its own little mascot. Yeah, sometimes there's even, like, mascots for, like, health concerns. Like, please wear a mask has a mascot. Like, so I just feel like more things could be in, um, uh, more things could be successful in America if they would just embrace the fact that, like Bucky's and like Japan and other countries, you need a little cartoon guy to to shill your wares. I mean, honestly, the the more I think about it, uh, not to peel back the curtain on our personal lives too much, but we're going to Disney in a couple of months. Oh, that's right, and John. Disney is a great indicator that if you slap a person in a suit on anything, people will beat a path to your door to to give you their business. This, this is a fascinating thing for me to to finally get to talk about on the podcast because I have had this conversation a million times with Jamie, much to her uh, chagrin. Disney is the only pl- thing I can think of where their main mascot like doesn't do anything anymore. No, Making, you're right. You are so right. So apparently, there, there's like some cartoon shorts that are coming out on like Disney Plus, where like that stars Mickey in the main cast. But I can't remember the last Mickey movie. You know, like main feature. 
I mean, to the best of my knowledge, I think there was like the Mickey Mouse Club is like a children's TV show about like, you know, the big ones, your Mickeys, your Minis, your Goofies, your Plutos. Yeah, and um, the yeah, cast you're, of you're Justin Timberlakes. Yeah, and they they like solve problems or um I think I remember it had kind of a killer theme song which just said hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. <laughs> but um, that's the sure. only thing I can like remember Mickey doing. But for Mickey's credit, also I don't like the Disney Corporation, to be clear. I love theme parks and I love Walt Disney World. Right. And these two facts can coexist. Uh, Mickey doesn't do shit. And I think Mickey is like too precious of an intellectual property to do anything. But you go in the parks and Mickey does it all. He Mickey does it all. fireworks shooting out of his fingers. He's, he's the main guy in every stage show you can think of. Minus like I guess they do. Uh, what's that one? They do um, Beauty and the Beast. They'll do that one at the MGM studio. And he doesn't show up because he's not in that one. But in like uh-huh. every other stage show, every parade, he is like the main guy. And it's like, do you blackmail everybody else? All the rest of the cl- the cast, like you've got dirt on all of them. So they're just going to cowtail to you. Because otherwise, what have you done besides be like in Kingdom Hearts? Mm-hmm. Of course, playing a big role in Kingdom Hearts. Playing a big role in Kingdom Hearts. And then like, uh, I... I doing these little cartoon shorts i guess like it just makes no sense and the only comparison i can make is like they're still making mario games uh-huh mario oh, is still doing in the work mar- he's wondering now and he's been on an odyssey like he even was in a movie so like the analogy the the comparison is there like nintendo is like mario you gotta work if you're gonna be our main guy and disney's like you know all we need you for is to extend copyright ad infinitum. <laughs> I think, yeah, I mean, they can't do anything with Mickey because if they turn people against Mickey, then copyright law in the United States changes. <laughs> the House of Mouse just falls apart like so they can't many risk cards. Mickey taking a they can't risk Mickey taking a knee for the for the Pledge of Allegiance or whatever. Uh, for the national anthem but i also think you know mickey's been around a while and you and i you know we know mario we're not close but we know how mario operates and mario's like mario's a pretty honorable by the book kind of guy mickey's not mickey was in there early and mickey got dirt on goofy and donald early yeah yeah He, he was like look i'm gonna make you rich but you're gonna listen to me, yeah. And, uh-huh. and when you have that, when you have that much leverage over the like originals, like imagine how much power Mickey holds. Yeah, it's like uh, um, a, a little lore from the His Dark Materials. It's like the figure they call God, who is just the first angel who just told the second angel who showed up that he created them. It's like that. Okay, I've never read it. I know there's it's a golden a f- compass and a polar bear. <laughs> It's a fascinating book. Um, you don't learn that until, I think, book three, uh, The Amber Spyglass. Well, I guess I have to read The Amber Spyglass now. It's sad, though, that uh, Mickey, you know, he made all the Pluto stuff go away with Goofy because people started to ask questions like, if you're a dog, why do you own a dog? And then, you know, 
that went away and you know donald he doesn't wear pants and he walked by a school one day and if mickey didn't make that go away he'd be a, a registered sex offender so it's true yep all right let's pivot quickly <laughs> Let, let's and now he shoots fireworks out of his hands and we're going to yeah. Walt disney world to celebrate that monster that monstrous mouse interesting i'll say oh god it is interesting oh, how no. the most crooked rat of them all is at the top of the power structure but the valorous rat that's right remy ratatouille works in the kitchen tugs on the hair of linguini it's i'm just saying rats should look out for each other you think it's disgusting it, there's an ethnicity thing going on here oh mouse versus rat no 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 american versus france <laughs> oh yes 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 of course we don't need any of those immigrants I'm quoting yeah. Mickey Mouse here. I'm, I want course, it to be yeah. clear for the lawyers that yeah, I am not saying this. I'm quoting Mickey <laughs> we, Mouse. We want to make it clear so we don't get in hot water that we personally aren't sharing our beliefs. <laughs> We're saying that Mickey Mouse, right. the preeminent intellectual property of the Walt Disney Corporation, is anti-immigrant. You can't. That'll get us out of legal hot water. No, but you can't. You can't slander or libel a fictional character. You're right, because they can't sue you. Right now, due to this podcast, I spent a lot of time because of some statements I may have made in recent episodes. Uh, I looked up what what slander is. It's yeah, okay. Uh. Really, the primary thing I was concerned about is, is it slander to call someone stupid or dumb or bad? No, it really isn't. No, no. So we can call people, because that's a matter of opinion. Right. And then, you know, lawyers are funny. They're like, they're expressing a matter of opinion. But if you sue them for it, it becomes a matter of fact. So then it it, it all works out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you sue them, you are dumb. That's good to know. So Mickey Mouse, you're on notice. And Mickey Mouse, you're an idiot. You're a fucking <laughs> idiot. Well, th- this is very fortuitous. I think the lesson there to wrap up that discussion is more companies need to use mascots for us to just cowtail to your every whim. I don't know. Capitalism is king when it has a cute face, right? That's the lesson. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's the lesson. Henry, I have a question for you, and I don't know if... Are we both I don't know trying... if you know anything about it, but I are we think both that... trying to spin off into a different topic right now. I think we are, unless we're trying okay. to spin off into the exact same topic. Is yours about a different rat? No, mine is about a VTuber installing an air conditioner. Okay, mine was. I, I was sort of leading up. It's fortuitous we're talking about Mickey because. Another uh-huh, rat uh-huh. in the entertainment business has hot is has landed in some hot water. But what was your what was your great spinoff into a different topic gonna be? Oh, I was gonna say it's important to put to put a cute face on things, which is why a medium famous Japanese VTuber uh bought a mocap suit and mocapped their cute vtuber girl avatar over themselves installing an air conditioner in their real home and like edited out their human body 
This is and okay. I was going to ask a lot good. of questions. I was going to ask a lot of questions about what a VTuber is because I don't really know what's happening. Let's do it. Other Let's than get into the facts. It. Let's get into it. Yeah. Let's do yours. Okay. Uh, there's no more news than a VTuber made a video where they bought a mocap suit and then made an anime girl install an air conditioner. But Henry, what's a VTuber? Thank you for asking, John. As the foremost expert on this subject, I have been struggling with this question for quite some time, but I think we can talk ourselves into a definition. So let's okay. consider the term VTuber. Two parts, right? Mm-hmm. So the tuber part, I think we can start with, is definitely... Potato. Yes, a, uh, a tuberous, fibrous plant that grows from... No, uh, it's YouTube, right? It's someone who tubes on you, a YouTuber. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard it described that way, but yes. That was the tagline back in 2005. Look it up. Uh, uh, so a tuber is somebody who is active on YouTube or streams, what have you, something like that, which leaves the V. And I think the V stands for virtual, John. Oh, oh, this the, makes more sense now. They're a virtual tuber. Usually they're they are represented by some sort of very expensive, highly customized, unique, bespoke, if you will, uh, animated avatar that using face mapping technology can mimic their their mouth movements and their emotions and even sort of tracks their movement like laterally horizontally on the z-axis if you will to sort of represent their locomotion as they are streaming okay so this is like a um and this would particularly be effective for streaming since it's almost entirely face cams. Exactly, yeah. Usually it's from the waist up. Uh, some people do spring for full body YouTube, VTube avatars. Say if they're going to do like a, um, a Beat Saber stream, for instance. So you could have the full body of an anime character doing the Saber dance things that you do in Beat Saber. Um, but it's very popular for people who don't want to reveal their identity. Uh, I think that's fair. I think these things can also have like real-time voice modulation or even as far as real-time voice synthesis. Like they say things that are then like basically use a vocoder to turn right. it into like Hatsune Miku speak, the creator of Minecraft. People, yeah, like the creator of Minecraft, exactly. Yeah, some people do do that. I, I see a lot of VTuber, VTubing avatars being used by voice actors or anime voice uh, uh, vo voiceover artists. Um, that makes so sense. Those people wouldn't use it. But I think there are some people who, for instance, and I don't know where the community stands on this, there might be some people whose avatar differ from them in many ways. For instance, there could be, let's say, a cute anime girl with a cute anime girl voice being portrayed by a man and no one would ever know. Uh-huh. I don't think that's too happening too often. Okay. I mean, I don't see any issues with that. If, if the idea is like, this is a thing that allows people 
to have both anonymity and creativity. I think the beauty of it is that people could be whatever they wanted. You can you can literally step away from your whole your whole thing you got going on, go in the outside world, and nobody will recognize you. I mean, that was the beauty of the early internet, right? Like that was the power of the early internet as we got anonymity for the first time and then we traded it in for likes and emojis. Right. And so this is sort of like a compromise between that. You can you can still get the clout and the fame and the streamer money, but you don't have to necessarily put on makeup every day. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Okay, now I know what a VTuber is, and now I know why that VTuber was replacing an air conditioning unit. Right. So yeah, the mocap suit, I think, is like that that's that's going full on. Like I think the the people who do the Beat Saber uh streams, they're probably wearing mocap suits to get all those inputs read to be transcoded into their VTuber avatar body. And while they were doing an air conditioning unit, I don't know if you know this about uh places in the world, John. Uh, when you build something with four walls, you block the wind from ever entering those four walls unless like you open a window or something. So some mm-hmm. people and and stick with me, they 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 install like window units to like sort of create an artificial wind that we call oh. air conditioning. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So now I know what an air conditioner is. Yeah, it uses electricity to create wind. Like a fan. But it's 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 chilled wind. Oh, is there some kind of like uh, condensing based heat exchange that happens? It's almost ninety percent what you just said, and then ten percent um ma- magic. Oh, that's cool. Okay, well then I guess that pretty much wraps up <laughs> that that wraps up the VTuber thing. Did I you, I don't you, know how to. F- do they huh? have a name? Yeah, but it's in Japanese, and I've been trying to find uh, the YouTube video, but okay. it's all in Japanese. I'll I'll try to find it so you can put it in the show notes. That's pretty fun. Um, I'm glad you brought. Why did what, this? You just read a headline. You're like, what is happening? It was shared in a small circle of friends, being like, why is this person pretending to be an anime girl putting up an air conditioning unit? I mean, that uh, honestly sounds like peak content to me. <laughs> It was it was pretty good content. It was great to watch because I like to see people install air conditioners anyway, but with the added wrinkle of them being an anime girl at the same time. Yeah, I mean, without the second part, you're just some bloke, some some regular Joe, if you will. Are there VTubers out there who like aren't anime characters? Like, are there VTubers out there who are like? a gargoyle or like oh wait i shouldn't say this idea because i want to do this but like mr house from fallout new vegas where they're just like (laughs) they're just like an amber crt tube that dimly glows as they speak uh so i don't think there's any specifically that embody that per se i will circle back to answer your first question are there any vtubers who aren't anime people absolutely yes the furry community has definitely Uh, embraced the vtuber persona to 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 bring their their fursonas to life of course yes uh but that's an f tuber (laughs) on uh, i think they're just called vtubers still yeah probably still still virtual i guess maybe 
a follow-up to that. Are there people who are VTubers that don't have this like undercurrent of horniness that those two groups seem to have? Absolutely not, John. Okay, uh, got it. Understood. Yeah, you're you're either like you're either being <laughs> VTuber, I don't even know what they're called, but the avatars basically range from um the Japanese style of attractive male known as like Bishi. Do are you familiar? Oh yeah, Bishonen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got your bishies, and then you've exclusively got your big titty mommies, and uh-huh, that's yes, kind of that's kind of it mm, in, of course, in the yes. anime world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and then I imagine the furries kind of follow a similar arc. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just whatever, whatever animal you're either you a mysterious think. jacked wolf or a big titty hippo. Uh, uh, yeah, there's like a wasp lady. Who's, uh, yeah, that's I don't know. fun. Okay, listen, I, I want to make it clear. I'm poking fun. Anyone listening to this now, or in the past, or in the future, I think furries are totally fine and cool people. And I've interacted with a ton of them who are actually like some of the nicest people I've ever talked to. I will say, I think it's cool when they choose to be bugs or reptiles. I don't know why I think that's cool, but I think that's cool. Okay. We won't unpack that. But yeah, um, the VTubing scene is relatively new. I'm going to say past five years, it's really exploded. Like, there's whole channels. I'm aware of one called, I think it's called Hollow Live. I know nothing about it other than it exists. Uh-huh. And uh, hopefully it's healthy because sometimes I see cross posts on Reddit. From their community and it it's a little sus i that pretty much happens no matter what and i don't know if i just live like a very charmed life full of like a lot of sunshine and pleasant social activities but whenever i get like too far down into like a, a the fandom or the standom of a thing that i like it starts to get really crazy really fast. Like, yeah, I'm a very big fan of a band called Ghost. I like them a lot. They're basically goth Genesis. But I went on like the Ghost Reddit, and there were people. So the thing about Ghost is that it's a, um, it's kind of like a jobber band. Like the band does not always have the same members. There's always the same singer and songwriter but like they hire out musicians for hire and they dress them in outfits and call them nameless ghouls people were like making theories and shipping nameless oh, ghoul like yeah. uh, what is going on the shipping has gotten out of control if we're gonna be honest like it's yeah fine. free two-day shipping wow wow, wow. I, I mean jesus how fast do i need my new wireless headphones am i right I know, folks right no i feel like shipping is it, it's really exploded from the fictional scene where it's largely okay because it's not going to really affect anybody's lives and uh it, it's it's got people have gone full blown crazy shipping actual human beings like trying to like learn more about what's going on behind the scenes in like the weird parasocial way. And it's just like, calm 
down. The people you were watching are people. They're just artists and content creators and streamers and, and what have you. It's like, you, you know, all those Hollywood relationships are largely fake, right? Like <laughs> they do it yeah. to, to drive up each other's brands. That, that it, it doesn't is the happen shipping in real, of real people. Right. Like, like if you're like, oh, Katara and Zuko or whatever, I'm like, that's fine. That's, that's a fine. thing 13 year olds yeah, harmless. do. Harmless. Harmless. It's totally harmless. But like, when people are like, ah, I bet John Green and fucking Ruth Bader Ginsburg would make a right. good couple or whatever, I'm like, I what mean, are you doing? It's so problematic. They're both already married. They're both already married. And one of them's dead. Well, really, it's the marriage part that is just – you can't ship people who are already married. Yeah, now, don't ship I, people who are already married. I don't like putting words in the dead's mouth. So I don't – I can't say whether or not Ruth Bader Ginsburg would go for John Green or not. That's not for me to say. All I, I'm saying is they're already married and that's the only problem. <laughs> yeah, that is the only problem with shipping living people. So if you're single out there – I'm going to ship you. I I honestly feel like Joe Biden and Barack Obama would have made the, the just like the cutest. Uh, what do they call it? Y- y- Yowie? Y- yoi? <laughs> I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Yowie. <laughs> y- All right. We're going to. I feel like we're getting to in the, the Japanese nomenclature weeds this episode. Anyway, I'm Kawaii, not Kawaii. Yes, but speaking of, I had a, another tangential Yu Yu Hakusho. That's an anime. I watched a lot of it while I was sick. It holds up. It gets to the it gets to the bullshit tournament arc of a shonen anime really fast, and it rules. Yeah, isn't it called like the dark tournament? The dark tournament, one of the first, one of the first what? bullshit yeah. tournament arcs. You love it. You gotta love it. If you do, I love yeah. when a creator of something gets so bored with what they're making, they just decide to make everything they've made fight and then end the show. Absolutely. Yeah. Get in, make them fight, get out. I'm tired of dealing with everything else. Just make them fight. Just make Let them, them fight. fight. Let them fight in the words of Godzilla. One of my favorite, I'm, I still read it to this day, one of my favorite webtoons on the webtoon app is it's Tower of God? Please check it out. It's really good. But the entire what the fuck is a webtoon? It's like a Korean manga. Okay. Uh, but it's called Tower of God, and uh, the entire series is just fights. It's just fights. It's That's great. Weird. It has an ever. You will not learn everybody's name. You will not remember every character, but they will pop up constantly to help out each other in different fights, and it's amazing. I it's love great. it. Yeah. But speaking of rats. Speaking of rats. John, are you familiar with a little franchise? This is going to be one nerdy ass episode. Are you familiar with a little franchise known as Five Nights at Freddy's? Um, Let's see. Am I familiar with Five Nights at Freddy's? Well, honestly, I, I preferred the creator's original work, such as uh, Jesus Mega Trivia. And Jesus Rock and Roll Adventures. This is uh, really I think fun. Five Nights at Freddy's is really where he sold out. It's a real uh, departure also, from his early work. 
Uh, did you actually know that that is that that is true? He made bad Christian video games before he made Five Nights at Freddy's. I know his name is Scott. He's a fascinating guy, and the Five Nights at Freddy's movie is maybe the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. Oh, you're saving me from going see it. Actually, we're going to a hockey game, and I'm not going to see it anyway. Um, John and I are hanging out a lot lately. I don't know if that's what we're dropping on this episode. Um, we like to hang out. What can I say? But we have a rare example, John, of of art affecting the world around us in a way that maybe we didn't expect, but in a way that really speaks to what that art was trying to tell us. So everyone knows Five Nights at Freddy's is a story of a security guard trying to survive watching over a pizza parlor with animatronic robots that come to life at night because they're inhabited by the spirits of children who were murdered by a purple guy. Yes. As far as I got in the MatPat video. And then some of the robots get sexier as time goes on, apparently, if TikTok is to be believed. You're right. I don't know. But the point is, a pizza parlor with animatronic, anthropomorphized band musician robots exists in this fictional world of Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh And um, there is a real world parallel, John. I don't know if you know this. Um, let's see. Is Five Nights at Freddy's maybe maybe based on a very well known pizza franchise with an, with singing animatronics? No, I don't think I'm aware of this. Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, Charles Entertainment Cheese mm. is an he's an entrepreneur, but he's also a, a he's a, a mouse or a rat, and he goes by Chuck Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, that rings a bell. Right, uh, the the arcade arcade slash pizza parlor with the animatronic band has famous reassemblers of pizza that was going to go in the trash. They sell. You don't remember that they sell trash pizza. Uh, so a lot of people were taking pictures of pizzas that they would get at Chuck E. Cheese, where all the slices were different sizes. And Chuck E. Cheese for like months was like, no, bro, I swear, it's how we cut it. Oh, <laughs> we, no. we cut it so they're different. And turns out they would like reassemble, Re- pizzas, reassemble pizzas that they had from collected from me. other tables before throwing them out and then reheat and reserve them. Pretty sure that violates several major health codes. Yeah, but that place is already crawling with rats, so they're already in hot water. Right. Well, he owns the establishment, John. It's true. He, he's an upstanding rat. He's so, a, he's an upstanding rat about town. Uh, fearing backlash from the popularity of Five Nights at Freddy's, and now with the 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 advent of a movie event that surely would make billions, uh, Chuck E. Cheese has made the executive top level decision to remove every animatronic in are all you locations fucking kidding me except one oh no yeah i don't know why except one oh <laughs> i mean i ha- i thought that was going to be a lead into something you have to imagine that the one they're not removing animatronics from is the one chuck e cheese franchise owner who gave enough of a shit yeah, and stood on principle, much like I would, and said, "You can't fucking take the animatronics away." Also, what 
you're probably going to get into this, but what a stupid fucking marketing decision. Yeah, why not lean into it, right? You don't even need to lean into it. If Five Nights at Freddy's is making everyone... Like, I'm sure there are people showing up to fucking Chuck E. Cheese and taking video of the animatronics and posting on Instagram reels or stories and being like Five Nights at Freddy's ass or whatever. Right. Just keep them. You don't need to make them scary. Just keep them because then why would people come to Chuck E. Cheese ever if not for that? Exactly. I, I feel like there's a huge nostalgia factor here being triggered by Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, oh, there's actually a restaurant we could go to. And then, like, parents of young kids could bring them to, like, try to, like, scare them. But ultimately, it's free advertising for Chuck E. Cheese's. This is an unbelievable, like, ball fumble on Chuck yeah. E. Cheese's part. Like, I cannot believe this. Uh, so, apparently, the one that's not... That the one location that is retaining their their animatronics, it's located in California, and uh-huh. there's no reason as to why, but is it maybe <laughs> retaining them because they're sentient and filled with the ghosts of dead children? You know, the the news briefing does not say that, but I think it's heavily implied that the one location in California is where the bite of eighty seven happened. Ah, whatever that is. It's from Five Nights and Freddy's. <laughs> oh, I, I watched the whole movie and I couldn't tell you. The, the movie starring, or I guess guest starring, famous celebrity dungeon master Matthew Lillard. Yeah, this movie's going to revive his career. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's doing pretty all right as a dungeon master. It's going to revive his career. Uh, listen, I hope it revives his career. Let me tell you, a horrible performance. <laughs> from matthew lillard oh that's a shame it's not slander it's my opinion terrible performance from matthew lillard i i i chalk it up to bad direction i think matthew lillard's fine he's phenomenal Uh, but i just can't believe chucky cheese would fucking do that that's insane yeah so this article continues to say while one of the company staples is being stripped away the business says it is already busy working on renovations with updated features features and options for all ages uh, including new enhancements, including a new state-of-the-art interactive dance floor, a giant video wall and screens, the most popular kid-focused arcade games, and new trampoline zones and select fun centers around the nation. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese also... I, oh, what's up? I just what's can't up? stress enough mm-hmm. that if I worked at Chuck E. Cheese in like a corporate capacity... And this decision crossed my desk. I'd I'd walk out. I feel like there's a bunch of young people who work for Chuck E. Cheese who was like screaming at their, their their direct reports, like, "No, like we were about to get such a windfall from this, and now you ha- yeah, so many like, people would show up to fucking too, Chuck E. Cheese over too this. Too scary, too scary. No, we're too so scary. afraid of scaring the kids. Kids fucking love." Yeah. Five Nights at Fre- Five Nights at Freddy's was the sensation that it was because it was a game that was dead simple and not extremely violent, so a lot of kids could like play it on their PCs and iPads and stuff, and their parents wouldn't get upset about it. Right? We have Mr. Charles Entertainment Cheese. We have the Five Nights at Freddy's generation. 
Absolutely. They're right finally, now. Yeah, yeah they're they old enough to see. They were raised on goddamn yeah. Markiplier videos and playing Five so, Nights at Freddy's. Like, it is as central to their identity as, like, G.I. Joe is to, like, Gen Xers or whatever. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. For real. Uh, there, there's, like, a whole genre of YouTube where it's just, like, you just do Five Nights at Freddy's stuff and you, your clicks go through the roof. Because it's all just kids wanting more of Five Nights at Freddy's. If you could tell them, hey, there's a place you could go visit and actually see like animatronics, I think they would flip their shit. It is like if Minecraft was themed after a mine-themed restaurant chain. And then at the height of Minecraft's popularity, that chain went, we're getting rid of all the mining stuff. Yeah, we're sorry, we're pivoting more... From mines to mimes because it sounds similar. We're gonna trick a whole lot of people. It is just stupid as fuck. I'm sorry, I just can't yeah. get over how stupid it is. I'm but, gonna go to Gaddyland instead. <laughs> I don't think they have any animatronic mascots. Uh, but a, don't don't lament for too long because a vague statement that reads "expect more exciting announcements" leading up to the brand's 50th anniversary in 2027. <laughs> cool expect this is a this is a brand that should <laughs> shut the fuck down i if mean if you're you gonna re- remove if, the animatronics if you release a statement saying we're removing our one competitive advantage that might get people in here and stay tuned for updates in three fucking years Shut this place down. Yeah. Chuck E. Cheese. Listen, I'm not a big like free market capitalism guy, but like if if that's the state you're in as a company, getting rid of something and being like, look forward to what we got cooking in the lab three, go out of business. Just uh, go out yeah. of business right now. I mean, honestly, Dave and Buster's already does what Chuck E. Cheese does, but better anyway. Um, because yeah. your 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 adults would be more, they would have more fun at a Dave and Buster's than a Chuck E. Cheese. It, it, Unfortunately, Dave and Buster's has recognized that with the current generation, parents are not willing to give up their alcoholism. Right. Uh, so so stuff them full of margaritas and let the kids play VR Flappy Bird. I think the the crazy thing is, and uh, I can verify this, I've never done it because I always felt weird about it. Chuck E. Cheese serves beer. Really? To adults, yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it, they absolutely do. There. Yeah. Uh, uh, I once had a class run by a person who probably shouldn't have been. This was in college, and uh, for like... One of the last classes, he's like, you know, let's all go to Chuck E. Cheese and hang out. And uh, I skipped that because it was <laughs> you know, really weird. Fair. Yeah, it was that's super very fucking weird. Uh, but he was yeah, like, they no, serve beer. And we, we had to tell him we had to tell him none of us can drink yet. <laughs> that is the guy who killed all those children in Five Nights at Freddy's. He was trying to put more bodies into spring-loaded animatronics like Uh Foxy the Pirate. Yeah, Foxy the Pirate. Uh, I gotta say, the the script on that movie kind of makes me want to play Five Nights at Freddy's, but Five Nights at Freddy's is a horseshit video game. No, you should just watch the Game Theory 
video by Matt Matthew Pathew. No, not interested. That's cool. Not, not interested. Matthew I'd rather watch Pathew. rather watch speed runs of Alien Isolation. Matthew Pathew. <laughs> Matthew Pathew. Well, it's a shame that Chuck E. Cheese will deservedly go out of business before their fiftieth anniversary because how they the can they? Yeah, how can, this this was like like you are lamenting so fervorously. Herberously. um yeah this was their one chance to really like come back into the main fold like fueled by nostalgia probably for the wrong reasons people would flock to them in droves to be like oh yeah they still got them you know i, I mean wonder listen if, wonder if that rat's bit anybody I gotta say, straight up, once again, not a big defender of free market capitalism. I think it's one of the worst systems. Uh, but as long as it's not hurting anyone, I don't think there can be a wrong reason for coming to your business. You know, like if if you have a business that like manufactures a hat, right? And you're like, I made this hat because it keeps the head warm. And then people start buying the hat because it looks funny or cool. Like, don't turn those people away. Don't change the hat to stand on principles. Welcome the people who like your hat for a different reason. You know, your creations can be enjoyed for reasons you didn't intend. Don't own it if that's the case, but you shouldn't turn people away. Yeah, what's the saying? All, all press is good press. All press is good press. Now, if people show up and start smooching those robots, you got a problem. You got to shut that down. You got to so you, you got to put a sign down. on the door, so when they enter, they know they know about the smooching, and there's no smooching. There's no smooching. Also, I gotta say, I know you said I saved you some time not watching Five Nights at Freddy's. You gotta watch it because the script on that movie is fucking crazy. It's gotta... written by the guy. The guy wrote it. Oh, Scott. The guy wrote it, and he's not a good writer. Okay, uh, so I'll go see it. Um, I got time. I got time coming. No, just up. stream it. Don't don't like go to a movie theater for it. Where is unless it you really want to? Where is it stream? You got you mean wait? I don't know Peacock or something. You mean wait? Because it's still in theaters. It's not gonna be on no streaming. No, we streamed it. It's what? on like Peacock or something. <laughs> it's on like Peacock or something. FNAF streaming. Or uh, friggin' it's on Peacock. It's on Peacock. I can watch it at home because I got your Peacock login information. What? You logged into wow, my TV what? when you watched my house. Oh, oh, actually, that is someone else's. But <laughs> uh, I think it's still up for grabs because we switched to a different Peacock that didn't have ads. Oh, okay. Because Don't my you... wife is watching all of Vampire Diaries. So. I am very aware of this. <laughs> it's a big part of her personality. Yeah. Um, well, it got her through the sickness, so that's that's pretty yeah. pretty good. Pretty good. And it's a fine show. I watched all of Reacher. Oh, with the new one with uh, with with uh, Alan Richson. Alan mm, Richson. Yeah, Muscles McGee. Yeah, Muscles from. Mr. Fast Muscles. And you know what? It's great. It's a fucking he, great show. It's very funny you say that. He is from Fast X. Yeah, Mr. Fast yeah. Muscles. Mr. Fast Muscles. Fans of the show will know we cover every Fast and Furious movie. And uh, Alan Rich, 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 Richson? Richson. Alan Richson was in the most recent Fast and Furious movie. 
And uh, you'll know that I'm a big Alan Rickson fan because he's a fine actor, but he's fucking huge. And it's hilarious to see him do stuff. Uh, yeah. So I watched all of, uh, I think it was called. What was it called? The DC show. No, he was on a football show. Remember, it was like a football comedy show. Oh, I don't know that one. Uh, Blue Mountain State. Okay. Yeah, he played the uh, the quarterback, Thad Castle, and was hilarious. But he also was in the Hunger Games, so that, that's you know, there's that too. He, he was, I think, he was in a DC. He's a good actor. He's a good actor, and he's funny. Oh, he's in uh, Titans. You kept saying DC. Titans, he's in, he's yes. in the Titans TV is that, show. Is Titans DC? Yeah, it's it's Teen Titans. Yeah. Oh, and he is a cyborg. Uh, yeah, no, he's a hawk. No. Beast boy. He's a hawk. He's a hawk. His name is Hawk. He's a hawk. Wow. He's also in Supergirl. He's doing apparently. a Robert Pattinson voicing a bird. He was also Earth Nine hooded vigilante in DC's Legends of Tomorrow. That sounds right. Listen, Alan Richson's great. Reacher's fun. You know what my favorite thing about Reacher is? Oh, is how, when he like, reaches? He reaches because he's got that long wingspan because yeah. he's a hawk. Uh, Reacher is like any other like like USA or TBS like cop procedural, except death and killing are very normalized. Oh, so like. Like there's a like there's a part in an episode being like, wow, I really wish I had gotten that peach pie. Heard it's the best, yada yada. And then two scenes later, people are just getting like shot in the face. Oh God. It's because like the okay, so I'm fascinated with the Reacher novels because they are uh fairly formulaic uh mystery novels written with a tough guy military aesthetic, but they're written by an old British guy. So they're just very on the nose and like not they're great. They're genuinely great, and the show's great as well. Watch Reacher. Anyway, Henry. Yes, John? I don't know if you've heard of this, but speaking of rats... Oh, I'm glad we're keeping this theme going. Yeah, no, speaking of rats, have yeah. you ever heard of the, the Bored Ape Yacht Club? Oh, no, I actually, I absolutely have. We, I think we discussed them at length. If not with you, then with uh, Jeff, our cryptocurrency and Twitter correspondent. Yeah, uh, board, cryptocurrency analyst. Yeah, yeah. Bored Ape Yacht Club. I won't explain it because it sounds like you're teeing up for a fun thing. Oh, well, the Bored Ape Yacht Club is uh, just a series of bad NFTs created by uh, Yuga Labs. Henry, have you heard anything about the annual event the bored ape yacht club party i think it's called uh i ape I've, fest ape fest I, i've seen i've seen some headlines but it sounds like you're you're gearing up for something so i won't spoil it uh that's right at ape fest the annual uh kind of multi-day convention held exclusively for owners of board ape yacht clubs nfts which once sold for hundreds of thousands of dollars and now sell for a fraction on a fraction of that apes gone uh <laughs> okay so the apes, article apes gone Apes, apes gone. gone apes gone uh the article from ars technica really drops it right in the headline uh, Bored Ape creator says UV lights at Ape Fest burned attendees' eyes and skin. 
Oh, wait. So not only are they getting fiscally injured, they're getting bodily yes. harmed as well. They're not just getting burned on their investments. They're getting burned on their eyes and bodies. <laughs> That's right. Lamps emitting germicidal ultraviolet light. <laughs> germicidal. In the corner of a Bored Ape NFT event in Hong Kong last Saturday are the likely cause of severe eye and skin injuries oh among attendees, God. according to Yuga Labs. Imagine you buy a couple of Bored Ape apes. You, you buy a couple of apes. You're, you're really into it and you really want to support the movement. So you're like, you know, even though we're getting dragged by the media, I'm going to go to Ape Fest. I'm going to show my support. And your only reward for like all of your money that you've spent, and, and not only in the acquiring of the, uh, the the tokens themselves, but now you've flown out to Hong Kong. Your only reward is getting burned in the eye. <laughs> yeah, you you were you were brought in by fucking Jimmy Fallon talking about his board ape. You dropped oh, yeah. one hundred and twelve thousand dollars on a board ape that's now worth charitably eight k. Amazing. And then you bought a plane ticket to go to Hong Kong and then, quote, uh, this year their annual club event ran from November 3rd to 5th and promised mayhem and one big night full of surprises. Oh, Imagine shit. Your they delivered. It's finally turning around. And soon after the Ape Fest party Saturday night, attendees reported severe skin and eye pain and oh burning sensation, as well as persistent vision problems and skin irritation. Uh, doctors quickly speculated that the cause was UV exposure and photokeratitis, aka snow blindness, snow blindness welder's eye and arc eye which is akin to a sunburn of the eye (laughs) oh my god these you know most likely like tech bros who you know disposable income are getting an ailment that only the most hardened welders get (laughs) it's that only welders and like People lost in snowstorms without sunglasses. Get. Right. Amazing. I mean, not in yes. a good way. Fascinating. God. According to the New York Times, over 20 attendees sought medical attention for their symptoms. So I've, I've got two trains of thought here. Uh, because one train of thought is, well, they did promise mayhem and a night full of surprises. And honestly, boom, they delivered, right? Like. That is mayhem of course, yeah. and surprises. Uh, the other thought I had was, well, finally, uh, possessors of some bored ape yacht club tokens will see some money coming in from their investments after the class action lawsuit. <laughs> they will finally. It's really a it's it's a blessing in disguise because once they f- file as a class and get some money from Yuga Labs or the event coordinators. They'll actually be able to recoup on their investment. And as a plus, <laughs> they don't have to look at their board apes anymore. 
because yeah. they burned their eyes. Now I watched a, I, this is not covered in the Ars Technica article uh, or the New York Times piece, but I did a deep dive on this and went as far as watching the YouTube channels of multiple LED light experts. Okay. And these people are real. You can tell because they're over 50 and from the UK and very boring. <laughs> Uh, but essentially, they did like a forensic investigation using the footage from ApeFest to determine if these germicidal UV light fixtures were used. Apparently, this has happened before at events where coordinators don't know enough about lighting and they buy the lights themselves rather than hire experts. And, you know, you can get anything on Amazon. Uh, especially things that go into the far UV range without like necessary shielding. And they found that the only lights that fit the bill and likely were the cause were the light strips installed around the baseboards of the bathroom. So they took germicidal UV light and pointed them up at a 45 degree angle directly into people's eyes <laughs> while they used the restroom. Oh my god. And blinded them. Oh my god. Yes. That is highly ill-advised, but not surprising from people of this ilk, because also highly ill-advised is buying a bored ape yacht club NFT. See, it's so strange because usually we look to uh, cryptocurrency investors and like early investors and things like NFTs to be like, you know, our our forward thinking, our scions of the future. We expect them to think things like this through. And this it's just so out of character that for the sake of impression they ended up hurting themselves. Yeah. It's just so strange and so sad, and I I wish them a speedy recovery. Apparently, photokeratitis, you recover from within days or weeks. Of course, it is basically getting a sunburn on your eyes, so that comes with maybe negative long-term implications. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I I hope the poor, innocent... Board Ape Yacht Club holders who were blinded by these horrible lights get the recompense that they are due. I I think that anyone who lacked the foresight to actually care about whether or not they were installing germicidal UV lights pointed directly into people's eyes, they should have to pay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, they should have known that that might be a bad idea. But what are you going to do, you know? Hey, listen, on Amazon it said LED light UV. I thought that sounded cool. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I, I, I talked about this in a less than zero, but I, I just need to bring it up again because I don't think we've ever actually talked about it. And it's Bored Ape Yacht Club related. Uh-huh. And I'm the only person, I think, on the planet that thinks about this near weekly. Do you remember that Seth Green was developing a show? I do. I think there wasn't a pilot or a short release. Uh, yes, there was footage released, a trailer, if you will, of a show called White Horse Tavern 
that's simply just it, it's based on the question what if your friendly neighborhood bartender was bored ape yacht club number 8398 uh c- cool cool premise and Good the fun where, where this gets funny is that uh just days after he teased the trailer he got fished and someone stole that that token from <laughs> yes, him. Yes. Someone stole 8,398 from him, meaning he couldn't release the show anymore because he no longer owned the know, rights oh, to the amazing, likeness amazing. of that I totally ape. forgot about that. And the show just went away. It's so good. It's, meaning, you like, know, God bless that fisher. Just, just I, for all of the things people want to talk about, like the benefits of the blockchain, it seems like <laughs> as though uh-huh. it's not very secure because this. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the issue becomes like a lot of the architecture of the internet is designed to protect people from themselves. But if you hold on to like, a wallet of hashed values that are directly tied to assets. You kind of have to be pretty vigilant about your own security. If those things are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Seth green, sorry. I remember there was this period of time where people like during the rise of NFTs and particularly board API club, were really excited about this, like future of like, democratized entertainment on the blockchain like people could vote with smart contracts or they could like exchange like ip nft with each other to like oh what if my board ape was on the show or whatever uh and like all uh early stage grifts like board ape yacht club was and once again going back to whether or not you can slander someone uh, the people who glom onto that stuff the fastest are the most credulous and idiotic people. Uh, so typically the things you see being created from this stuff are not good to begin with. Yeah. It's just a bunch of gullible people trying to like cash in and it's just sad. Uh, my, I, I, anecdotally, I suffered from what exactly what you're talking about. Uh, because uh, actress Mila Kunis went on Conan O'Brien's podcast, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And all she wanted to talk about was her latest project, Weed Cats, uh, an oh, animated cool. show based on the NFTs of the same name that uh, the NFTs are now gone and the show is not coming out. Imagine you get you land an interview of Conan O'Brien and you just use that opportunity to plug weed cast. Has, has this ever existed? I, I, I say this, it sounds like I'm saying this has never existed, but has it ever existed where like celebrities, people we turn to would use their platform exclusively to like, credulously shill their cringy investments i don't feel like that happens outside of like a couple celebrities but with nfts it was huge yeah like people were all over the place being like here's this stupid new thing 
It, yeah. And it's not dying down. I mean, Twitter no. is nine gag now because of that <laughs> DAO owned by nine gag that's giving people fake rug pull cryptocurrency for yeah. reposting things. People are still falling for this shit. I do want to walk what I said back because I don't think it was Conan O'Brien needs a friend. I'm sorry. I apologize. I think it was hot ones. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I don't know that Conan O'Brien would like be okay with yeah. that. I think it was hot ones. She, she took an entire wing out of like the nine wings to just plug weed cats. And it's like, you're never going to be on the show again. And hot ones is like a cultural moment right now. And you wasted a wing on weed cats. <laughs> you wasted a wing. Whereas Sean Evans could have been asking you to explain that gram. Yeah. Well, I think they did away with that segment, but yeah. Oh, yeah, I haven't watched the show in forever because I don't eat chicken. Oh, some of the people who come on also don't eat chicken. They do vegan wings. Yeah, I saw that and it was Thomas Middleditch and that turned out he was an amoral sex pest. Uh, Look, man. And then I... What people do in their personal time. Listen, I get it. Everyone who eats vegan meat is an amoral sex pest. <laughs> I own that, but I don't want to be, I don't want to see it all the time, you know? And those people who went to the bo- the ape fest can't see it anymore because they can't see it anymore. Man, Our if hearts. only I was blind, I couldn't see the sex pests around me all the time. <laughs> Our hearts go out to those who have suffered under the cruel, cruel hands of those apes. But to quote a very famous movie, uh, get your hands off me, you damn dirty apes. <laughs> get your hands off me, you damn dirty apes, and give me my vision back. Yeah. Uh, John, I've been subtly... Laying clues throughout this episode. Um, I haven't noticed. I know because I did it with the the deft hand of a master thief. Oh no, he's got he's got sleight of hand. Everything in this episode has been connected by a theme, and that theme, of course, was rats. Oh my god! But this has nothing to do with rats. I oh. took a detour in and reinforcing that theme to remind the folks at home. That we cover. Oh my god, like the greatest magician. The, we co- the misdirect. The prestige. We cover a certain movie franchise. We cover a certain movie franchise, John. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's. No, we cover the Fast and the Furious, right? You, you, oh we can agree god. on this. Oh my god. Yes. And w- would you say... In the best estimations of your knowledge that we have covered every Fast and Furious movie that has come out. Uh, I I almost feel like I know where this is going. I don't know where the ultimate destination is. But as someone who has dropped the bomb on this podcast in the past that there's been a Fast and Furious movie we haven't seen, I'm reticent. But to the best of my knowledge, we have watched them all. Well, John, I just... in this. In this season of thankfulness, I just want to express my thanks. Because I'm thankful to have discovered a new Fast and Furious movie that we have not covered. The original The Fast and Furious movie. No, we watched it. It's called The Fast and the Furious. It came out in 2001. They used the F slur and they eat tuna salad it is called the fast and the furious john but it came out in 1954 oh my god 
That is right, John. We have not covered the original Fast and Furious movie, Can't, <laughs> debuting in 1954, directed by John Ireland, starring John Ireland, written by Jerome Odlum, Gene Howell, and Roger Corman. John, we have a new The Fast and the Furious movie to cover. Oh my God. Wait, written by Roger Corman. That's crazy. Oh my God. It's real. Yes. Featuring the tagline. Wait, I got to click on the poster. A tagline. A wanted man meets a wanting woman. Oh my God. So are you telling me much in the way that I told you when I showed you the existence of better luck tomorrow that we have to watch the fast and the furious open parentheses 1954 open parentheses taylor's version close parentheses close parentheses john that is exactly what i am saying we have to watch the fast and the furious open parentheses 1954 open parentheses taylor's version close parentheses close parentheses oh my god well i guess i know what we're doing next week that's right. Actually, I was going to talk to you about that because next week, oh, I don't yeah. know if you know this, it's, it's yeah, Thanksgiving. True, actually. Okay, maybe we'll record it at some intervening time and release it next week. That would be interesting and I would be down for it. That's right. Coming soon. Yeah, TBD, actually. We'll talk about it. TBD. Coming, coming soon to the Zero Credits feed. The supplemental reading of the original, The Fast and the Furious, 1954. Some say 1955. The jury is out, actually, on the year it came out. But it is available for everyone to watch on Pluto TV, Tubi, Plex, and Amazon Prime Video. So everyone, you have no excuse. It is free. You have no excuse. Tubi is Tubi's free. Plex, Tubi. And Pluto TV are free. Amazon Prime Video, of course, is a subscription that you would need to pay. But try to find this movie. Watch it. We are going to deep dive into the original The Fast and the Furious movie where oh it God. all so, started. It's so, it's so thematically perfect. Before the final Fast and Furious movie, maybe, comes out, yeah. we go back to where it all started. The OG. The OG. With a budget of 50000 US dollars, you know it's going to get wild. Now, of course, all the same rules apply for every Corona that shows up. We have to drink a Corona. It goes <laughs> that is, in the rankings. That is, it's that all correct. the same. Yep, it goes into the rankings. The Fast and the Furious 1954 will be an official entry. And the, the, the whole fuck you rankings get hyped. <laughs> get hype we're we're taking this year out with a bang and then straight into best worst you're not ready you're not no. ready for the slate of content that we have prepared for you you are not neither are we and shout outs to my coworker drew for pointing out that this movie exists oh my god drew saving the podcast drew giving so much life to the, to the veins of the show thank you for the bottom really of drew, drew should do the show uh, he, he actually has a podcast of his own. He's pro he would probably be very amicable to coming on. Oh, no. Taking over. Taking the reins. Stop trying to give away your role, John. 
I have bad news. Drew fished me for the NFT of zero credits. <laughs> he owns. So your I can't. Co- we can't keep. We yeah. can't keep making it. No, he owns your co-host token. Damn it! Podcast gone. Podcast gone. Oh, but I think on that note, we've covered a lot here. Various rats. Uh huh. <laughs> discussed a new Fast and Furious revelation. And the life lesson that we just need more mascots in order to be successful. So I'm going to throw it to the official Zero Credits mascot, John, to tell you how you can get in contact with us. That's right. I'm a man in a big felt suit and I vomit out of the eyes. And Henry, with that succinct summation, I have to shake your hand and congratulate you on yet another well-researched episode of Zero Credits. And all those streamlined segments. All those streamlined segments, knocking it out of the park. And you've knocked it out of the park every episode this year. I certainly hope something doesn't change before the pivotal final moments of Zeit Bingo, but until that time, if you want to reach out to us, you can do so on Twitter at ZCPCWHJ on twitter.com slash x.com x.x x hamster all the websites <laughs> you can, and I think Henry knows what that stands for. That stands for, of course, John Zima. Correct punctuation chills without hurting Jesus. That's right. And if you want to send us an email, aka boomer mail, uh, or you're a recruiter, you can send us an email to zerocrats is a podcast at gmail. Dot com. We are on every podcast service except the ones no longer with us. Rest in peace, Stitcher. Uh, and the ones we choose not to be on, but we are on Podchaser, Good Pods, Pod Damn America. Uh, and we're on the one you're listening to us on right now. So if everyone wants to listen, they've got places to listen to us to at from here. A great way for people to find out about the show is for you to leave a review or a comment on the podcast service you're listening to us on if it allows for that but the best way for people to find out about the show is for you to summon your army of rats rats summon them forth from the floorboards and the holes tell them crawl into people's ears and pull on their spinal cords and make them listen to zero credits force your rat army on the people force it on them because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive so tell your friends tell your rats and we'll give you our thats And from everyone here at the Zero Credits Rat-Infested Studios, we want to wish you a happy week. Good rats. Good rats.
Now, the band Ghost I mentioned in the episode does have a really great song called Rats. Oh, that's really good. That's very thematic and ties into the theme of the episode. Mascots. Yeah, mascots. (laughs) 